recording now if you like, but you know words like faithful, faithfulness, being faithful, integrity, persistence, stickability, honor, grace, and mercy seems to be words that have been turned and twisted into almost being things that we shouldn't be doing today. They almost take a back seat in terms of importance. And what comes to the fore today through social media, through a variety of advertisements that we see, it all speaks about being number one. Putting number one first. Get there first. Achieve by any means. The end justifies the means. As long as we get there, it doesn't really matter what we had to do in order to get there. So this morning, I'd like us to have a look at what God's Word says about you and I being faithful people, faithful to His plan and His purpose, faithful in our relationships, faithful in our work, in every area of our lives, being faithful at school, being faithful at university, what does that actually mean for us? And why is it so important that you and I remain faithful to God's plan and His purpose? In Luke 18 verse 8, the Bible says, and this is Jesus, When I, the Son of Man, return, how many will I find on earth who have faith? So very quickly, as part of my introduction this morning, three very quick points that I want to share with you, and then we're going to get into the meat of the message. So I hope you've got one of these outlines and you've got your pen warm and ready to go. We've got lots of work to do this morning. So the first thing is, is why is this so important? Well, God is looking for faithful people. The Bible tells us that God is actively looking for people to bless and it's faithful people that he wants to bless. So he's actively searching. He's actively. Do you realize this morning that God is watching you and I very, very carefully? He's interested in every detail of your life. He's very interested in every detail of my life. And he's watching very carefully to see how faithful we will be so that he can actually bless you and I. Second Chronicles tells us that God is looking for people to bless and use. And if you and I are prepared to be usable for God's plan and purpose, here in New Hope, at work, at home, at school, at university, on the rugby field, any sport that you play, if you are willing to be used by God, God will make sure that He uses you and He will engage with you in terms of his plan and his purpose for you. For the eyes of the Lord search back and forth across the whole earth, looking for people whose hearts are perfect towards him. So you and I, whose hearts are dedicated to his plan and purpose, dedicated to our relationship with him. He's looking for those people so that he can show his great power in helping them. And in helping them means that God wants to bless you and I. God wants to direct you and I. 
God wants to pour out His wisdom and His grace and His mercy to you and I in every detail of our lives so that He can show His great power. The second point is, is that we know from the Bible that faithful people are actually hard to find. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says, Everyone talks about how faithful he is, but it is difficult to find someone who is really faithful. You know, a lot of people will talk the talk, and we hear this every day. You know, they will talk about a lot of things, but very few people actually walk the talk. So faithful people are actually rare and actually hard to find. Are we going to be a people that is prepared to put our faith into action and not only talk about it, but actually walk it every single day? Psalm 53 verse 2 and 3 says, God looks down from heaven at the children of man to see if a single one is wise and one who seeks God. But all have proven faithless, faithless and have been corrupted and not one of them always does right. The third point very quickly in the introduction is, is faithfulness is the key to victory and blessing. Just being a faithful man or woman for God actually brings about God's victory and his blessing. And sometimes when we're in the fight, when we're in the, the depths of the hard times in life, it doesn't always feel like that. But here's a promise. Here's a very important verse. 1 John 5 verses 4 and 5 says this. And I'd like you to listen to this verse really carefully and break it up in your mind. Every child of God can defeat the world. And it is our faith that gives us victory. Now for that faith to be able to give us victory, it has to be in something. It has to be in someone. The hope that you have in your heart has to be placed in someone. And who is that? No one can defeat the world without having faith in Jesus as the Son of God. That's the important part. Our faithfulness and our faith needs to be connected into someone. And that someone is Jesus, the Son of God. We're in a battle, folk, every single day of our lives. Whether you realize it or not, we are in a battle. But our faith is not a blind faith. Our hope is not a blind hope. Our hope is placed in Jesus, in our relationship with Him, and on the Word of God. Two important factors that I'd like you to just note in your notes this morning. Two words. Two activities. Because the word faith is actually a, a verb. It's actually a, an action word. And there's two important components of the word faith. One is trust. I want you to write that down. Write down the word trust. And the other one is obey. Or obedience. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 says what? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your but in all your ways acknowledge Him. 
And what does God do then? Yes, who is doing? And He will? And He will direct your path. Another version says, He will make your path straight. What does that mean? You'll take out all the kinks and you never have any suffering or any difficult times? No. What it means is, is that God will direct you through those times of difficulties. He will make it known to you which way you should go. He will straighten those thoughts. He will straighten that direction for you, however lumpy and bumpy and difficult it might be. A faithful man will be richly blessed. Emotional blessing, health blessing, relational blessing, vocational blessing, and family blessing. Who doesn't want some of that blessing? Right? And particularly when you get to my age, health blessing is really important, you know. But in our relationships, not only in our relationship with God, but in our horizontal relationship with people around us, it is so important. In most areas of life today, relationships with God and relationship with man is what will trump everything else. Everything else. Is your family and my family a blessing to us this morning? Do we have a closeness in our family where there is trust, there's integrity, there's love? Do we experience that in our family, in our own biological families, in our family in the church? Because that's part of God's blessing for you and I. So let's look at... So for all these things to happen, you and I will need to become faithful people of God. You and I will need to know how God tests and how God grows our faith. And these are the next six points that I'd like to cover uh, very quickly this morning as well. Is, is Let's have a look at how God actually tests and how God actually grows our faithfulness. The first point is, is that God uses little things to test your integrity. A lot of people believe that leaders are created in the big things of life. When the difficult crisis comes, when tough times come, that's when leaders are created. I don't think so. In tough times and when we're in a crisis, that's when your integrity will be revealed. That's when your leadership will be revealed. Your leadership and your integrity gets created in the small areas, behind the scenes. The things that you do, the small decisions that you make every single day, when no one is watching you, when there's no kudos, it's not visible. But yet you're making those small incremental decisions of integrity. So that when the crisis comes, you're able to publicly show your integrity. Because you've got a track record of making those small incremental decisions and actions of integrity. 
So a test for us, and the Bible speaks a lot about the small things and the big things, right? It says in Luke 16 verse 10, whoever is faithful in small things will be faithful in large ones, and whoever is dishonest in small matters will be dishonest in large ones. You know, we're coming up to election, um, and it's interesting. Uh, we were out west um, visiting some friends of ours overnight, and we were celebrating their birthday. And as we were traveling back, you can see all the political parties have got their banners up, right? And the amazing thing about all these political parties, all their banners and billboards are all put up in pretty much the same way. They use, you know, two-by-four wood. They use as many nails as the other one. But you'll always find one party banner that's broken and lying down. I kind of said to Michelle this morning, I wonder why that is. What, you know, is the, everything, every other one of these banners have been subjected to the same amount of wind and rain, but there's one of them that looks smashed, and the other three are all okay. Why is, and then you drive through another area, and you'll find another political party who's bashed down on the ground, and the other three are standing up, and I just wonder why that actually is, you know. But, you know, you'll often hear people say, is, is that, Politicians, people of importance that have got you know, leadership that are out there, we should be able to separate their private lives from their public lives. What a lot of hogwash. What a lot of hogwash. You cannot separate your private life from your public life because what you do in private will one day reveal who you are in public. And I can guarantee you of this, a politician who will lie and cheat in private will one day lie and cheat in public. I can guarantee you of that. And we've seen it over and over again. So you cannot separate the one from another. A person at work who is willing to cheat on a transaction will also cheat in other areas. Notice this verse here, it says, Jesus is also saying this, and if you have not been faithful with that which belongs to someone else, who will give you what belongs to you? And the concept of this verse is in apprenticeship. A person who owns a very successful building business of building homes more often than not has been a good builder at some stage in their life. They understand the industry. They understand the experiences. They have been an apprentice to another builder. They've worked in another building company before they actually own their own building company. A good car mechanic who owns a business has generally always been a good mechanic themselves. They've come through that apprenticeship. They've learned the good and right decisions to make so that one day when they own their own business, they can make the right decisions in that business. Unfortunately, today, too many people start ventures that they were never skilled in in the first place, and they end up getting into all kinds of trouble because they don't have the right skill set and they start making unwise decisions. Point number two. God uses my talents to test my unselfishness. 
So in life, there's really two decisions that we need to make. One is at a high level. Who are we going to serve? Is it going to be ourselves? Or are we going to be attached to a plan and a purpose that is far greater than ourselves? Are we putting number one first here? And it's all about me and everything I do and everything that I say and everything that I'm geared up to is, is geared up to me? Or am I going to be a person of integrity and faithfulness that is geared to God's plan and purpose? And I'm going to be faithful to God's plan and purpose. And I'm going to be unselfish in my time, my energy, my finances, my resources and my talents. Am I going to be unselfish in that? You see, it's always easy to give off your time, your energy and your resources when things are going well. But in the tough times when your back's up against the wall and it's not that convenient for you and I to give of our time and our energy and our resources, what is it going to be for us? Are our eyes fixed on God's plan and purpose? Or is it what I can get out of this? Are we as a church, are we as God's people connected to something greater than ourselves, a plan and purpose that is greater than the here and now. And this is where, where we as a church can help you in that regard by understanding your shape, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, and your experiences. Don't ever, ever underestimate any of those experiences your abilities, your personality, your spiritual gifts. Don't underestimate any of those at any one time because that's what God wants to use in you and I. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says this, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. How do we serve God? Hey, we do that by serving others. The people that are left and right of you this morning, the person that is sitting in front of you and behind you, that's who we are called to serve. The person at work, the person at school, uh, people that you rub shoulders with, your family members. If we want to be faithful to God, we need to be faithful in His plan and purpose in terms of unselfishly serving others around us. Again, let me say, God is watching. God is watching you and I on how we react with our time and energy. And if we want more time, and Josh and Ian have spoken about this today, if you want more time and more energy, give those things over to God. Let Him reprioritize, rebalance, so that we can get more of and do more of what God wants us to do. Life is a test a trust and a temporary assignment. What you do well here at in earth is what you'll have more responsibility of in heaven. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must, must prove faithful. This is what we're talking about. You know, there's two main themes that come through the Bible. One is our salvation. The other one is our stewardship. What does salvation mean? that personal relationship that you and I can have with Jesus? Have you made that decision today 
to accept Lord as your personal saviour and enter into a relationship with him. That's salvation. Stewardship is, is what have you done with the gifts and talents that I've given you? And that's a question that's going to be asked of us. What have you done with my son Jesus? And what have you done with the gifts and talents that I've given to you? Point three, God uses tough times to teach me persistence. You know, the difference between faithful and unfaithful people is determined by how quick they give up. Faithful people are determined, persistent, and don't know when to quit. <clears throat> Have you ever walked in the forest and you see these massive giant oak trees? How did that tree become a giant massive oak tree? It was through the persistence of a nut. That's how it got that big. If the nut decided to give up, that tree would never have been as big as what it is today. It's always too soon to quit. We must have stickability in tough times. God expects of you and I to be faithful in this area of persistence. This is why we never give up. Through our body, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are quite small and won't last very long. Hallelujah. But they will produce for us an immeasurable great, great glory that will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see right now. We look forward to what we have not yet seen. For our troubles we see will soon be over. But the joys will come. But the joys that come will last forever so what we're doing today the knocks and bumps and the journey that we go through today is preparation for eternity don't get tired of doing what's right you will be rewarded when the time is right if you don't give up God will test our faithfulness in tough times number four God uses shortages to test my generosity. Faithful people are generous when they don't have it to give. Anyone can be generous, again, when we have enough time, energy, resources. It's, it's okay for us to be generous in those times. But when we don't have enough of that, God is looking to understand how we use our faithfulness in those times of shortage. Jesus says, I tell you, use your worldly resources to benefit those others and make friends for eternity. Help others with their commitment. That's what it's saying to us there. In this way, you generously, your generosity stores up a reward for you in heaven. But if you are unfaithful with your worldly wealth, you will, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? You cannot serve both God and money. So God will test us in our finances. God will test us in our time. God will test us in our energy and how generous we actually are when the chips are down. So five quick principles 
through tough times. God gives to generous people. More generous, God will bless you. Secondly, God's, uh, obeying God's vision will bring God's provision. And we've heard this in a number of times where God guides, He provides. Right? He will, he will provide us for what we need. God will do what we cannot do. You do as much as you can, and God will take over and do the rest. God multiplies what I give him. We only have to see many examples of that in the Bible, but the one that comes first to mind is, is when Jesus fed the 5,000 plus people out there. He was with these folk the whole day. At the end of the day, his disciples go, hey, Jesus, it's about time to send this crowd home. Because um, they were like thinking ahead and going like, how do we feed these guys? We've been with these people all day, you know, preaching and teaching and being with them. And it's been exhausting. Hey, Jesus, it's about time to announce a close and get the folk to move on. What does Jesus say? Hey, Ian, you feed him. <laughs> you feed him. What? Jesus, you don't understand. No, I said, you feed him. How are we going to do that? There's no McDonald's around the corner, no Burger King, no KFC. How are we going to do this? You feed him. And what happens is a little boy brings some loaves of bread and fish. And he goes, this is what I've got. And what does Jesus do to that? He multiplies it. The God that we serve, folks, is in the business. We're in the business of addition. Our God is in the business of multiplication. You bring what you've got. You bring those loaves of bread. There's that fish, those small bits of fish, and you give that to God. And I guarantee you, in faithfulness, God will multiply them beyond your imagination. Beyond your imagination. Fourthly, when I have a need, sow a seed. What you need more of sometimes is what we have to give away. Fifthly, there is always a delay between sowing and reaping. There's a season between everything that we do. Sometimes we will be the sower and somebody else is going to come up in the next season and do the reaping. It's just the way that God's plan works. Sometimes we will, some others will be doing the sowing and you will be doing the harvesting. It's just the way God's plan and purpose works out. Main point number five. Faithful people bring friends to Jesus. Listen to this verse in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 2. It says this, Some men brought to Jesus a paralytic friend lying on a mat. Then Jesus saw, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Faithful people, God will test you in this. Faithful people will share their faith with their friends. Faithful people will make a plan of bringing their friends to Jesus. When Jesus saw the faith of the paralyzed man, he said, he said this again, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. 
We have friends, colleagues, people around us every day that are paralyzed. They are paralyzed by their own situation. They are paralyzed by their own uh, bad decisions that they've made. They are paralyzed by a whole bunch of decisions and a whole bunch of things that have come upon them. How prepared are you and I to get alongside that paralyzed friend and pray for them and bring them to church? Bring them into a fellowship. Giving Jesus an opportunity to heal that person. He heals people that we bring to this church. Point number six. Faithful people build faith into others. The things you've learned from me in the presence of many witnesses, you are to entrust to other faithful people who will also be qualified to pass it on to others. Being faithful to others simply means, are you prepared to be a mentor? Are you prepared to get alongside somebody and actually be a mentor to them? You know, if Jesus is prepared, or Jesus did, build his church on who? Who did Jesus build his church on? Peter, who had just sinned. The Bible tells us that, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not completely fail. So after you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen and build up the faith of your brothers. If Jesus was prepared to build his church on a person that was less than perfect, opened his mouth just to change his feet, how much more will God prepare to use you as a mentor? A mentor is not a person of perfection, never will be. Now we spend so much time trying to be perfect. And no one wants to be around somebody who's never had a track record of some difficulty and some failure. You and I can be a mentor to someone else. Ladies, are you taking the opportunity to identify some other young lady in the church that you can lock into and just say, hey, I'm here. I'm willing to pray for you. I'm just willing to listen. I'm willing to have a cup of coffee with you. Hallelujah. Right? And I'm just going to pray for you. I'm not perfect, but I'm going to be here for you. Gents, what's the opportunity for you and I to get alongside some young guy, it might be in age, or some younger person that's traveling this road of salvation and stewardship? What are we doing about getting along some of those young guys and saying, hey, I'm not perfect, I've made plenty of mistakes and I'm quite prepared to share some of those mistakes with you so that you don't make the same mistakes in life. And I'm happy to have a cup of coffee with you. I'm happy to just pray for you. I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing, unselfishly, to spend my time and my energy with you and pray with you and journey with you. Don't underestimate, finally again, please do not ever underestimate your life experience or your hurts. Others 
can benefit from those. I'm going to close in a word of prayer.